Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's been a very busy week, Shay. Had a, a fun weekend. It uh, hit diamond and ranked, but now nice. it's been just an epic work week. Um, so yeah, I, I'm probably the most tired that I've been this year uh, on recording days. Just drained. Well, We'll push through. We'll push through. I've definitely had a bit busy of a week, but from what we've talked about, you might have me outworked the, this time around. So uh, it's close, though. I'll try. I'll try and carry some of that energy for you on your behalf. But you know, we always get a little boost when we come in here to talk about Apex. It doesn't help that you know our behind the scenes was about in half an hour, and there was an hour lead up before that. It's been a long recording session today, and we're really just getting started. But no more complaining. Let's get into the episode. Today, we're talking about the latest and greatest news in Apex Legends and answering some questions. There's a few questions I really like uh, this time around, so definitely make sure you stick tuned to the end of that. Uh, before we get into the show, though, if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to guarantee it makes its way onto the show. Grab a follow on Twitter, at Kirkrudoche and at HB Burrison for the latest tweets from yours truly. We have a couple updates uh, this episode. First update is that Shay and I will be attending TwitchCon in Ooh. a couple different capacities. Um, but <laughs> if you're going to be in San Diego uh, early in October and we'll be around uh, the convention, definitely hit us up. Uh, we'd love to say hi. Um, we'll be right, working. Hey, if enough we'll people are there, that. if enough people are there and hit us up in Discord, we could set up like a little fan meetup or something if uh if we wanted to. I'm not sure how big the San Diego audience is though. I know we got a surprisingly large Washington audience, so who knows. <laughs> something that, like that could be in the works. So, let us know, hit us up on Discord, Twitter, wherever. We'll see if we can figure something out. Um, but I think probably more exciting news is we are finally having the fourth third-party Invitational Apex Legends tournament. The date Ooh. is locked for October 21st. We are going to kick off at 5 p.m. PDT. That will be the check-in time for Discord. It's going to be five games, as usual. We do uh, ALGS rules. We're going to do two games on King's Canyon, one game on Olympus at the break, and then two games to wrap it up on World's Edge. Um, I'm really excited about that kind of lineup on the maps. Um, this is a little bit of a different date for us. This will be on mm -hmm. a Friday as opposed to a Saturday. The truth is we went back and forth with Respawn trying to get uh, days that were available and they weren't doing any official tournaments. And this Friday was the soonest uh, we could get any date at all. The Next Saturday was going to be in November. So this mm -hmm. was kind of by necessity. And the time, uh, considering our European and international audience, this is the best that we could do uh, on a work day, uh, being a Friday. So hopefully uh, we can get some people to sign up, be flexible. Only thing that you need to do in order to participate is join our Patreon. There's a link in the episode description. And then you and your teammates just need to be signed up on Patreon so you can access the discord party chat and we'll get you all set up so always reach out on discord if you have any questions or you're having a hard time uh getting signed up on patreon 
and we're really looking forward to it. Well said. It's going to be a ton of fun. Looking forward to having everyone there once again. It's always just a blast. So we'll see. October 21st, we got a month out. We'll see if we do anything else kind of crazy for this event. I know we get asked every time if we can stream it or something along those lines. Um, we'll kind of see where we're at, see if we can figure something out along those lines as well. But uh, can't make any harsh promises as of now. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, a little Apex patch went live recently, fixing a handful of bugs. So if you were a player experiencing your game crashing after Sia's heartbeat detected a Mirage decoy or your death totem wasn't working on drop in arenas, your vantage voice lines were stacking up in certain gameplay issues, or you had negative challenge values in match summaries, those have been resolved. So always great to see Apex making up and fixing all those little issues in this video game. <laughs> yeah, I am so glad I didn't receive any negative negative challenge values. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate to be grinding the battle pass and losing stars or losing XP. So yeah. happy to see that that is no longer a thing, at least according it's, to the official patch. We've been fortunate that like we don't get hit by all these bugs. Yeah. You know, they're never super frequent. But Hearing them is always really interesting to kind of see what can go wrong when you push out an update to a game. Just like what little tweaks mess up random things. It's so, so fascinating. Random. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next piece of news, though. EA has announced a new anti-cheat system that will be available for all future PC titles. Uh, that uses technology pretty similar to Valorant's current anti-cheat, which is looked at as a pretty respectable one in the gaming industry. It has not yet been made clear if existing titles like Apex will use this new system. Obviously, it highlighted future PC titles. Does that include maybe the live service games, I think, is going to be the question people ask. Any strong thoughts on anti-cheat, this kind of stuff? I know we could go down a rabbit hole. We did like yeah. a big segment last week on cheaters and stuff, but I don't think we need to dwell on this forever. This is a, a good update, good piece of news. Um, I think a lot of people question uh the validity of the anti-cheat or the approach from ea and this is a really loud and clear message that they're working on it and there are some really good industry leading things in the works yeah agreed 100 percent. so always happy to see that and uh you know hopefully it makes uh, everyone's lives in apex easier if it ever comes to this game Next piece of news, let's get into some of the juicy stuff. Um, a few thoughts from Twitter coming from senior producer Josh Mendita on Apex Legends, a.k.a. the last guard of the old devs. Uh, Respawn is working on and fixing the ability to 1v1 in the firing range after removal of the self-revive at the start of the season. Kind of messed with that ability. You've been missing your 1v1s. I know it's kind of a thing we see people talking about, but it's not like you and I are going into the range 1v1 and all the time. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, I I do miss it. We're not big into 1v1ing, uh, even though I do challenge some randoms uh, from time to time. Uh, <laughs> they're going to have to put it's up. in the game chat. But and... <laughs> I know this did affect us at the top of the season when we were doing some testing in the firing range, yeah. and uh, it slowed us down. So I'm happy that they are working on a solution to to bring it back. We can only dream of a day where the Apex Mobile uh, is the That's same I was gonna as, say, uh, yeah. as the main game. Maybe someday we'll have such a robust firing range. But I, I think 
Never the hope the hope is that because they're not like, oh, let's just give you a quick fix to this, mm-hmm. like let's put it back in or something, that it's gonna be a part of maybe a larger change. That's the optimistic the point. Always of view that optimistic, I'll, yes. I'll happily take. Um here's the other piece of news though. Josh was kind of responding to that's a little interesting. Uh Josh responded to a post titled How to Fix Apex Legends 101, which was a picture uh that was posted and if you're in our uh, Patreon and you got the the uh, show doc uh, pulled up, you can see the picture right now. But for anyone that's not, we'll kind of explain it. Essentially, it's a outline of the current you know play Apex home menu when you go to choose a mode to play in with some adjustments. So starting from the left, you have a now casual play tab, which is group trios and non-group trios. You have a competitive play tab, which is ranked. ALGS uh, ranked in ALGS balancing. You have an arcade mode that is on a rotational timer between three modes, those modes being team deathmatch, 3v3 arenas, and control. And then you have a private lobbies uh, custom games tab as well. Um, Josh, responding to this picture, I honestly think it's a pretty big deal in of itself, just in terms of what the devs are normally willing to, you know, talk about and such on Twitter. Kind of asked like what's up with no group trios, asking what that is, assuming it's essentially a makeup for the lack of solo Q and Apex Legends, which is the correct assumption. Um, and ended his thought by saying that it actually seems uh, like a pretty reasonable request to discuss. So let's start with no group trios. That's obviously kind of like the headliner of this. That's what Josh was focused on in his response. Can you explain maybe to people that don't fully understand what no group trios is? what that is and why it might be beneficial to bring it into the games. Yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Um, mm-hmm. This is just one simple image, but there is so many good insights from it. But as Strong you asked... Strong rotation. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, but so the no group trios is you are solo queuing. You know, you're relying fully on matchmaking in order to fill your team. If you're even partied up with one other person, you would be put into the groups trio. Um, as a casual playlist, that's a pretty cool idea um, that you would kind of have a more competitive casual and a mm-hmm. less competitive casual. Um, I think that's a really cool concept. The thing that is missing from this you know, big solution is the duos playlist. Um, I'm kind of torn. I personally... As a solo player, never queue in duos. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm missing out on something. I can see the pros and cons. But I will say that when Shay and I play, we're mainly going to be doing ranked. But if we don't have a third, we do hop on duos from time to time. And it mm-hmm. is really, really fun when you can just burn, like fights are so quick in duos. And if you're in sync, we can rattle off a chain of wins. Uh, pretty easily so yeah if you're on it's it's rare yeah um (laughs) it's rare that i do duos but it is missing from this and i wonder uh if it would be missed if it was replaced by something like this wait so can you clarify for me what you're thinking what where duos fits into this because that's kind of my question because i think you have the two lines of thought where you can say well duos you're part of a group so you would go into group trios but how can you fill out a group if everyone's in a duo? Then you have to bring in a solo, which defeats the entire purpose of a no-group trios. But yeah. can you do a no-group trios with a duo? And then are you defeating the purpose of then, obviously, uh, not having a uh, 
full trio or a full ungrouped team, essentially. Yeah, I think it's a whole in this like proposal. I think yeah. you would probably have to have a duos playlist in order to have a groups and no group. Um, yeah, in order to do it effectively. But it's funny because it works with quads. Like if you're doing groups, trios, and you are groups like quads, then you queue as a duo. You could yeah. say, okay, well, two paired duos together, that signifies a group. But because we're a three person game, it makes it weird. And the reason duos is permanent because a lot of people play Apex with one other friend. And uh, you can still go into ranked, obviously, and stuff. But, you know, what's your public matchmaking then look like, I guess? Yeah. The other option is if you do want to eliminate duos and you still want to try a groups and no groups there still is skill-based matchmaking you know at least in theory you're trying to create teams that are fair so if you did have a duo that's in groups queuing in a trios game you you should in theory be able to find a solo player that queued in no groups that would fit into that playlist in a fair way hard ask but in theory there should be some amount of skill based where you could do that in a fair way yeah and you could do it with transparency or not like Mm -hmm. i'd be open to that it it definitely would i think frustrate some people if they grouped grouped for not or queued for non-groups and then found out that they were playing in a group's lobby like you know Mm -hmm. just kind of defeats the purpose obviously of what they're uh going with moving over to competitive play pretty you know standard what do you think this algs balancing kind of thing is you know inclining towards i love it i love (laughs) it i think this uh could really make the game so much more fun Mm -hmm. um by algs balancing you know you're making it a very competitive mode you're changing the entire loot pool you could change Mm -hmm. legend balancing you could change pois and how loot spawns in general i think that would allow the casual player to have so many more benefits, whether it be Krabers or gold loot, explosive holds, caustic treatment, um, a lot of the things that have been scaled down. Um, and I think it would just be a, a great stepping stone between ranked and the ALGS and professional scene, as we've kind of had hinted at by the developers. I'm a huge advocate for this. Um, I think it would be really wonderful for the game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's really cool. I'm so open to ALGS being separate and having that rule system put into place for people to play as well and and try. I mean, I think you remove duos, obviously, because you're now creating more playlists overall. And so you can't have too many. That's always Mm -hmm. kind of the question and the balance to take. Um, I think last thing here, let's touch on arcade mode. Um, I think this is something we've been advocating for for a long time at this point on the podcast having a rotating mode of casual game modes arenas is not the most beloved game mode but those arenas become more palatable when it's in rotation i think that's kind of the question and with that we're obviously this example we're looking at the removal of ranked arenas which there's definitely a handful of ranked arenas grinders that would uh, be upset but I think when you look at the uh, maybe overall health of the game, I think there's not a huge playlist there, a huge number of people there. But I mean, I'd love a TDM control being more permanent kind of stuff. Keep it casual, keep it fun, keep it fast-paced. And I think if you do something like this, there's a legitimate reason to go into arcade mode you know, with your friends occasionally. Yeah, I, 
we've just been talking about this for the longest time. Uh, nothing but positivity uh, that we can share about the idea of having just rotating LTMs. Um, that's a very engaging thing. I booted up Fortnite for the first time in two months uh, on Sunday, and all new guns, all new <laughs> POIs. I barely recognized the game, and it was just massively refreshing. If we could have a playlist in Apex where the developers could throw in experimental things, um, I think that'd be great for the game. You know, you yeah. could eliminate sniper ammo entirely. Just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, change the rules. You could change legend abilities in an arcade mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you could try out new things like uh, voting on uh, legends that you don't want to be in a playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do a whole lot in an arcade mode that I think would push the game forward and make development easier. So I, I'm yeah. just a big fan. If you keep it in that hyper casual tone, I don't think there's anything to be frustrated with then either as the player because mm-hmm. you get to choose if you want to experiment with this or not. Um, yeah, I'd be fascinated because so many people I think love this idea. And I think maybe the Fear is, hey, will it not be very popular? Will it not be a great experience in terms of matchmaking and such? And only one way to find out, I think, uh, at this point in time. So, yeah, I would love this. But I think last point overall, you know, Josh was talking about the no groups trio as kind of like the the main focus of his response. Maybe that's something we see in the games. But I think this is more than anything, another double down and emphasis that not going to get solos coming back anytime soon. Like This is a more appropriate manner to make solo play more viable in the way that Respawn wants to make their game played, where you're still using your characters in a team environment versus bringing back solos as a mode uh, overall, which seems to just go against a lot of what they want out of their game, which justifiably, I think, makes some sense as well. It does. With that, though, that's going to wrap up the news. Um, before we answer some questions, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Well, welcome back. Let's wrap this episode up, answer a handful of questions here. We're going to start off with a five-star question coming from Ninja Goat. Do you think Pathfinder will ever get a real passive? How do you feel, Henry? It's a heartbreaking question. No, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get a real passive. Um you know, I think there are so many people that main Pathfinder. He's so popular um, mm-hmm. that he just isn't in need of it. The only part of me that is, you know, saddened by it is taking us all the way back uh, to 2020 in season mm-hmm. five when we had this logic that Lifeline wasn't a unique reser. So she got a rework, then she got another rework, then she got another rework. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Pathfinder lost a staple uh, of his kit and that passive uh, when you think about the uniqueness. And there's really been no uh, justifiable reparation for that. So it is sad, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. I I agree. It's tough because it's like, how do you add something that doesn't change his kit or bring him power in any way? Because, yeah, he's sitting third in pick rate, so he's popular. Do we need to spend time on a legend that is that popular? I think is probably the pushback. Like, you know, I'd love for Pathfinder to get a unique passive that adds to his character, lore, and kit without increasing his power and taking away from other abilities. That is a hard ask. I'd rather you focus on bringing up Crypto, Rampart, these bottom legends that 
are maybe seen as a little bit less uh, viable and uh, making them a little bit more, I don't want to say unique, but just uh, relevant in the game. So just kind of a hard place to maybe allocate resources when you think of it from a game design perspective. So I'm with you. No. Yeah. Next five-star review question coming from It's Your Boy Shadow. Hey guys, love the pod, and it's the best and only Apex pod out there. Interesting. <laughs> I'm a Mirage main with Octane as a close second. Question, do you have any tips or recommended playstyle for solo queue ranked? I find Plat to be difficult to solo in. Thanks. Hashtag Buff Mirage. Well, let me start by saying we're not the only Apex podcast out there. Uh, you know, we've helped a couple people start shows as well, which we uh, take pride in and love. But there's a ton of great Apex content out there, and there's new shows starting up all the time now with influencers as well. So you know, we're going to continue to provide, we think, really valuable and un- a unique set of perspectives and information. Uh, but if you're itching for more, there's more out there, 100%. <laughs> there is. I just have to say that if you are solo queue and ranked as Mirage, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a legend choice is probably the best piece of advice uh, if you want to get through plat. Um, what I've found to be really successful uh, for myself in just this split hitting diamond uh, pretty early, I would say, relative to possibly other seasons I've hit diamond, is playing pretty defensively um when you are solo queuing there's kind of two uh ways schools of thought you can either if something doesn't go right you just ditch your team and you rat for the finish or you stick with your team no matter what because you know you can't survive on your own now in the past i probably would have recommend Play for placement, do whatever you have to do, even if that means ditching your team at the last minute. That means that mobility is pretty helpful as a solo player. However, this split, getting kills is so critical to mm-hmm. advancing quickly that ratting is just such a much less viable way uh, to play ranked than compared to other seasons. Um, so, like, I would say playing Rampart, Caustic, even Newcastle are pretty fun solo legends um, that allow you to kind of lead your team in a way that, no, you're not Valkulting or Pathfinder, you know, ziplining them to a new position, but you are creating a space for them to perform in, and that keeps the team together. So, I kind of recommend that. That's what I've personally found successful um, getting through Plat. And uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see if that works for you. Yeah, I think that's all a great set of advice. Uh, I won't say anything strongly uh, against that. I'm not as, like, honestly, Henry solo keys more than I do. I don't solo key a ton in Apex. That's just kind of my personal level of enjoyment with the game. So I'm not going to, you know, lie to you and try and give you some great advice on solo queuing if I can't practice what I preach. So. And I wouldn't recommend solo queuing either. You know, like the other (laughs) thing you can say is, you know, get on voice chat, talk to them. I even, I'll voice chat and I type chat uh, to teammates. I think that goes a long way as well. Um, But overall, I don't recommend solo queuing ranked. Um, It's hard. You'll you'll find a lot more enjoyment if you can find some teammates to play with consistently. Uh, Next question coming from NPJ711, coming from Discord. Do 
do you think that Vantage needs a nerf? And how far do you think her pick rate, pick rate will drop? I pulled up her pick rate uh, so we could have it just for uh, you know answering this question. She's sitting at 6.5% for comparison. Valk's at 6%. Sears at 4.5% as the closest two behind her. Horizon, 67 Bloodhound, 84 as the closest two above her. So she's sitting in at that sixth spot right now. What do you think about her, Henry? Where do you think she's going to end up? Yeah, I, I stand by kind of what I said uh, upon her release. I think she'll settle um, around the middle of the pack uh, around Loba, honestly. I think that mm-hmm. she is a pretty viable legend that's fun to play, that is unique. And even though she's kind of this sniper, which is a pretty fringe play style, um, I think she offers a lot to the team and is pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting. I've been kind of eyeballing that 4.5% area with Bangalore, Lifeline, Seer, and seeing does she wind up in that pact? Or like you're saying, does she drop a little bit lower to right by that Loba range? I would be surprised if she stayed, you know, above Valk, above Seer as of as of now. You know, things change all the time. But either way, if she ends up where either one of us is kind of eyeballing, I'd consider that a heck of a success for a new legend coming into the game. It's not often that they get to even stay middle of the pack, honestly. Yeah, I would say I'm surprised by her success um, even th- this far. Honestly, we're still so early into the season that we have not settled at all. Um, but considering her really strong release and then a little bit less drastic of a fall off, I would say she, she hit two parts of a release that are really hard, uh, for most legends. So I'm happy to see that. And I don't think that she needs a nerf. I think if you were to nerf anything, you would probably nerf that ultimate. It's really powerful. Um, but if Mm -hmm. you were to nerf it, um, it, it would make a big impact uh, on her viability. So I don't think, considering her popularity, she needs a nerf, uh, and I don't think we're going to see one, uh, especially comparing her to Ash and Ash's release. I agree wholeheartedly, 100%. Next question coming from Cato off Discord. If you only had 1,200 crafting points, what are you unlocking? What a great question. What a great question. And now's a perfect time to ask it because the recolor store is live. And what I've always said is if you're going to craft something and you don't know exactly what you want, I think there's a lot of people that know like, hey, I made a legend and I don't have a skin for them or I have a favorite gun and I don't have a skin for it. If you're kind of away from those two things, I'm always about crafting a recolor and getting kind of two for one, but also getting a more unique thing. Um, I'm unlocking a weapon right now for the most part. You see it in the game more. It's kind of where I stand on that vibe. I don't have a certain thing I'm eyeballing though right now at least. Yeah, I I surprisingly have an answer to this. I normally don't care a whole lot about skins. <laughs> so awesome. I'm actually the same uh, going with a weapon. I don't have a legendary G7 skin anymore. Back on the Xbox, I had reactive skins. I had all the legendaries. I was just stacked. And right now, I don't have one. You know, with my next 1200 crafting, I think I'm going to, I don't know which one, but either the the crimson dragon one, the Mm -hmm. red and gold dragon, or the black and gold. uh, Same kind of model, different color for the G7. Man. But I need a G7 skin. 
Man, that's I, crazy to me. I have the most bum G7 skin out there. It's so embarrassing. It's, Just get the um I have the Bangalore's Legend Edition. And that's Ooh, a great yeah. G7 skin, uh, if you're willing to throw a couple bucks at it, which if there's going to be a gun that gets you to do it, I know it'll be that one for you. That's a um, good set, too. That's a, yeah. that's a really good set. Um, next question coming from Laxkid off Discord. Do you think Revenant will get buffed? Do you want it to happen? And what should get buffed? Where are you at on the Revenant train right now, Henry? Yeah, I think... <sighs> I don't think he will get buffed, uh, mm-hmm. first and foremost. But what I would like to see happen would be a rework of the silence. Um, I think that would be pretty impactful. And yeah, I think that's all I'll kind of say is that I think there's a lot of opportunity to improve uh, the viability and just the fun factor of Revenant by taking a look at the silence ability. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And then we just did a Patreon podcast that had some great Revenant ideas on there as well, if they were going to you know, do something to him. But I don't think he's going to be a buff. He's one of those legends where people get pretty frustrated if he's uh, towards the top. And that's always a disappointing place to, to be as a character. So kind of tough, but you can still have success and fun with him right now, as is in my opinion. Last question of this episode coming from Hoobler22 off Discord. Hey guys, I'm just curious, which guns do you think should be in the care package? For me, it's Devo, Kraber, Spitfire, and the Charge Rifle. Ooh. Ooh. This is always hard. This is one of the hard. Thinking about the like ideal care package is such a difficult discussion. We've talked about it on the show. We've had episodes on it of like, what is your perspective on how it should be used versus i think what would you want to just like throw in there and that's why i think this question is so dang hard and anything come to your mind immediately though yeah i think i definitely agree with the charge rifle i think the charge rifle should be in the care package um at this point it, it needs at least a turn in the care package mm-hmm. um kraber definitely a stable i don't necessarily need to put the lmgs into the care package at all um i really like the bow being in there right now i think that's pretty unique the other one that hasn't made an appearance that i would like to see do at least a season is p2020 juiced up to Mm. the max i think taking that out of the loop pool considering how powerful the mozambique is and how you know popular the re45 is p2020 is undoubtedly at the bottom and this used to be like a round one and round two buy for me in arenas. Yeah. P2020 can hit so hard. And if you juice it up a little bit, the mag size is crazy. You have ammo points on there. It could be a really, really fun care package weapon. I think that's, I think that's some good options. Um, I think the one other I'll throw in there that uh, always stands out to me is a gun I would, just, I, love, I would love to see cranked. And the way to see it cranked is put it in the care package. And it's got a little bit of uniqueness around it as well. And it's the All-Star. I think that would be a fun gun to go back to its origins. You know, when when it was in the care package back in the day, it wasn't very good. And so I don't think yeah. people really thought of it as like a care package gun. So I'd love to see if there's a potential to maybe give it some time to shine, essentially. That's going to wrap things up for us, though, today. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Thank you to our producer, the Third Party 10, who supports Silver on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in.
whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.